0: Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Mergie, your host for Bold Brands, a podcast presented by Bold Metrics that focuses on innovation and technology in the apparel e-commerce space. We speak with the founders and CEOs about the challenges they face and how they use technology to grow and scale their brands. On today's show, we have Abby Sugar, the founder and CEO of Playout Apparel, which is a gender equal and non binary streetwear and underwear brand. Very excited to have you on the show, Abby. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks so much, Jeff. I'm looking forward to having a conversation.
0: Tell us a little bit about Playout Apparel. How'd you start it? Why? Um, and even how you got the name.
1: Yeah, totally. So at Playout, uh, we're building the future of inclusive fashion through a new mm. gender equal, values driven shopping platform, styles, and ecosystem. So we started out direct to consumer to prove that this emerging market exists. So right. the most important thing, um, I don't know if you know this, but I like to share with people is that 56% of Gen Z shops outside of their assigned gender. you said 56%. Yeah. Oh,
0: wow. That, that is great data to have. Um, I didn't, I did not know that. That's awesome though. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's a, it's a surprising statistic for most people. The thing that's really exciting for me and my co-founders is that Gen Z is really about, you know, values driven shopping and, Authenticity and self-expression. So part of play out, you know, we offer gender equal clothing so that people can shop their authentic selves. So right. by gender equal, I mean we do not have men's or women's sections of our website. We just right. have styles of clothes. Um, we have inclusive sizing, which I know that we'll get into uh, because we're at, we're talking about bold, right? Right. But we'll we'll get into the sizing a bit, but. I like to describe it the way that we have inclusive sizing. Someone might shop a small, someone might shop a two X, but it's the same garment. Um, We offer different shapes. So things like underwear or workout leggings or pants, if you're Mm -hmm. talking streetwear, we have pouch front bottoms or flat front bottoms, but they're the same garment, same prints, same colors. It's just a different shape. So yeah.
0: How did you uh, get the name play out?
1: So it's sort of a dual name. I love this. I love this question. <laughs> um, so, so our original item um, was underwear. That's what we started with because it was where we truly felt the need. Um, underwear tends to be the most hypergendered, hypersexualized. hyper-sexualized. And when I was designing the, um, the first sort of inspiration for the underwear, I was thinking a lot about Androgynous styles. Um, I wanted something in the name that was active, right? So play, right? right? Um, and then out, multiple meanings. One of which, if you look at when we were designing um, a lot of men's underwear for many years was is designed with a two-inch wide waistband with the logo on it, right? Right. And historically women's underwear had not been. So when, Mm -hmm. when we were thinking, what is our style? What, how do I want to design the look and the feel of this and the comfort? I like the wide waistband. So gender equal underwear with a wide waistband with our logo on it. And people, eh, some people um, sag their pants, right? You can Mm -hmm. see the waistband above their jeans or above their pants. So the waistband is out. So play out um Got and it. out also referring a little bit to like the lgbtq plus community um out and proud because i am part of that i describe myself as a you know super queer female startup founder so that's definitely <laughs> part of who we are as a brand
0: very cool so when when did you start it
1: um so my co-founder and i were were like many many founders um, and many entrepreneurs working three jobs, starting up our side hustle. Um, so we were doing this together in 2018, okay. though I had had the idea much, much longer and was in R&D. <laughs>
0: I gotcha. So pretty new still. Um, and how 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 have you guys grown? Like how big's the company now?
1: Yeah, so um, my co-founder is named eLifer and they're awesome. We were friends before we were business partners. Awesome. Um and yeah, I always say, find someone that balances out your skill set.
0: <laughs> right. Um, so you guys, you guys kind of tackle different parts of the business then.
1: Absolutely. Like, I don't know about you, but there's certain things that I just, I'm not excited by. I don't want to do them.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: yeah. So, so if you know yourself and you say, you know, these are my skill sets, this is what I'm really good at. This is what I enjoy doing. And this is what I do don't enjoy doing. And you can have that direct communication with not just a co-founder, but I think as a business founder, um, with the rest of your team, right. It's about delegation. It's about skill. Um, and you're able to communicate that. I think everyone is happier and, and can be more successful because they're doing what they're, what they enjoy doing. So I, definitely, and the business development side, finance side, um, spreadsheets, all of right. that logistics operations. And my co-founder. You're the
0: organized one.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, good. And my
1: co-founder is allergic to spreadsheets. They're the creative, they're the designer. So there are yeah. CMO as well as they design all the clothing. Um, Styles and prints. The prints we use are paintings that they do. Actually,
0: very cool. Well, thanks for sharing that little background on the company. Um, you you kind of brought it up earlier, but you know, sizing. You guys are all about inclusivity. You have a wide range of sizes. You mentioned shapes. Um, what are the you know tell tell the honest a little about the uh, challenges that you had to overcome when you were launching underwear in this way? And how do you address those?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think, as I already said, you know, if you think about um, the way that people, all bodies are different, right? right? And you think about the way that people are different sizes, people are different shapes. And the great thing is, because E! designs everything and designs everything in-house, the number one thing is that, they design with inclusivity first. So very conscious of creating specific products that are stylish and flattering and will fit well on various body types, um, whether that size or shape. So everything goes back to that original inception, that original need and vision as the number one thing. And that also includes like, for example, the choice of materials that we use. How stretchy is it? Um, do we want it to be a knit material that's, you know, not so stretchy, right. et cetera? It goes back to the raw materials, right? Um, and I think something that I hope <laughs> every everyone should be doing now, but historically the fashion industry has not done, but we use real people to do our samples and our fit testing right so sometimes even and i and i love this because we're community we'll have a customer buy something and you know when we ask them for feedback on how it fits and if they have some like really insightful feedback we will directly reach out to them and ask if they want to be involved in testing out future samples and development so that we can get their feedback on all different sizes of people, all different gender expressions, all different shapes. So that's right. We also test them on ourselves because we're real people as well. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's really exciting.
0: That's cool. And you, you know, when you're shopping your site, you can actually shop by the style, you know, and get the the sizing that way, not just overall. Right.
1: Yeah, and I think something that that you and I talked about recently was we do try to provide very detailed uh, sizing charts on right. our site. Yeah. Um, so we don't sort of, and and this comes from how we design as well. Um, so we don't bucket things together, right? Here's here's the top sizing chart, and here's the bottom sizing chart. We really have here's you know this specific style of shirt. Here's yep. the sizing chart. So yeah.
0: That's cool. Yeah, that makes it a little bit easier, I think. and you know the 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 details are there for people to find, which is great.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and And we're always happy um, to, you know, some of the questions that I get is, you know, I am biologically or, you know, I was born assigned male at birth. Can I wear the flat front style that you guys sell? And my response is always, Wear whatever style makes you feel comfortable, makes you feel excited to put the clothing on. That's why we don't have gender labels on that. Right. It's just wear what makes you feel like you.
0: That's cool. You guys are also very big into, you know, your, your production, how ethical that is, very transparent with your shoppers. Um, you're you're big into su- sustainability. Tell us a little bit about that and kind of your views on the industry overall and then what you guys are doing to kind of make a difference.
1: Yeah, so I think that um, there's, I like to use the term and I've talked to a couple other um, apparel designers and founders in this space talking about the difference in the terms like responsible manufacturing versus sustainable manufacturing versus whatever. And I think that it's always a journey. Like we're always trying to, look at our processes and source from responsible manufacturers and improve those processes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because sustainability, just like, I think it's funny, people are like, don't eat animal products because of the carbon footprint. So we're going to eat, you know, we're going to drink almond milk. And then almond milk has this horrific carbon footprint, right? So there's choices that you make all the time. And I think that communicating what your understanding is and um, improving and taking in new information is always really important. Um, In terms of, you know, shop local, made in America, there's also for us an aspect of responsible, um, the human aspect of it, not just the textile aspect. So making sure that we're working with people who are being paid a living wage, for example. Um, I had originally when I was first starting out, wanted to be made in America um, Mm -hmm. and did a lot of research into that. And unfortunately, the, the physical machine to do the flat stitch on the underwear or to do swimsuits or lingerie hardly exists in this country anymore because so much of the uh, textile manufacturing, apparel manufacturing moved overseas and then the machines broke and then they didn't fix them and now they don't even exist. So, you know, it's really interesting to to research and try to figure out sourcing and how to manufacture things. Um, Really, really excited and, and lucky to have connected with our manufacturer in Guadalajara, Mexico. Right. Um, and so they manu- they employ LGBTQ plus workers, workers over 55. They have inclusive hiring practices towards workers and groups that are discriminated against in the workforce in Mexico. Um, and we've been down to visit. So, you know, we know they're truly doing what they say that they're doing. That's
0: awesome.
1: Um, yeah. And it was important to us as well because of who we are to avoid manufacturing in countries with severe lgbtq plus human rights violations so mm-hmm. when i when i realized that we couldn't manufacture in in the us that was the first need that i needed to fill was no LGBTQ plus human rights. Right, yeah, (laughs) Um,
0: that's great.
1: Yeah, and in terms of our textiles, um, we work very closely with our manufacturer at the moment because we're smaller to use leftover overstock of raw materials from fabric to notions from larger brands that she's sewing for. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also work with her to source recycled textiles as well.
0: Very cool. Switching gears a bit. So you were recently featured by Forbes in the 2021 Next 1000 list. Huge congrats to that, for sure. <laughs> um, how has that impacted you and what you've been building that play out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, there's two I mean, there's so many layers to everything in this world, but there's two main layers and worlds that I that I function in, and one is consumer facing. How right. does press like that um, support my consumers? And because everything I do is 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 for them, so if I can give visibility to this never before served emerging market um, and legitimacy, and you know, if you can see it, you can be it. Then that's amazing. And on the other side of it, in my own sort of industry of startups, right. startup industry, whether it's tech startups, whether it's female founders, et cetera, um, I was really, you know, grateful for the recognition because it's showing that you know my hard work, my mentorship, and support of other founders. LGBTQ plus founders and women, especially, um, is being seen and is making an impact in the business side, on the startup side. Um, right. As I mentioned, you know, nobody is speaking to Gen Z consumers the way that we are, and I truly, you know, my team and I truly feel like we see the future and what we call gender equal or gender fluid fashion today. Gen Z and in the near future will simply just be fashion. And I think that this conversation that we're having, um, this recognition in Forbes brings this awareness into the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Um, On the business side, in terms of business growth, it's really, you know, to, to get our name out there I am raising money from investors. Um, we're raising outside funding for our growth and really excited in early 2022 um, to plan. We're planning on launching an equity crowdfunding campaign. And this really resonates with our inclusive community driven mission to, to be able to offer our community the opportunity to invest in us and to help grow and support us.
0: Right. That's great. What can you share about what's coming next for you guys? Like what else are you guys working on? You don't have to share things you don't want to share, but I always like asking just to see where you guys are going.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, one of our main things is always expanding our product line, um, developing new products, new fashion pieces that expand the assortment um, and the possibilities for the gender equal shopping experience. So our fall and winter collections, our spring collection coming up. Um, and we always continue to enhance our underwear selection. That was our main core uh, business. And so that includes different styles, such as like a longer inseam and we're in development for gender equal swim, uh, in the same way that we built underwear. So yeah.
0: Awesome. Uh, finally let's, uh, you know, give some advice to the listeners out there, what would you say to other founders that are looking to launch their own gender equal apparel brands?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the advice that I tend to give um, generally is more just applicable startup and and business um, advice yeah. than, than necessarily like gender equal, because I think that it's applicable to to everything, especially apparel brands. But I always say that starting a business is easy. You sign some paperwork, running a business is the hardest thing. So Mm -hmm. once you have, you know, the paperwork filed, how do you produce, how do you make sales? How do you design your marketing and your creative? Um, And for that, I always say, you know, I'm a lifelong learner. My life motto is, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this. You can beep it out. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) My life motto is fucking figure it out. Um, (laughs) So like keep learning and find others who, who believe in your vision and your community for something like what we're building. Our community is really, really important. um, If you want to, you know, specifically talk about gender equal and the new, the new future of consumer. Um, Right. One thing, you know, in terms of, is there advice I wish I wish I would have had before right. I did this? Um, yeah. If you're talking about the startup landscape um, and and getting funding from investors, there is real data. There's real statistics of the the very low amount of funding and the challenges of being a female or an underrepresented founder in terms of. Uh, network in terms of opportunity and funding. So right. if you're going to go do this thing, this crazy thing, um, launch yeah. an apparel brand, launch a startup, I think that um, you have to be ready to to fight and to believe that, that much in your product um, to go up against those challenges.
0: That's awesome. That's great. I love the life motto, by the way. I feel like <laughs> I think I feel like I think that in my head multiple times a day with my five year old.
1: Well, yes. You're probably not. <laughs> I don't say it out loud. I figure it out, but you're thinking no. it. Yes. Yeah.
0: So love it. Um, thanks so much for uh, joining the podcast, Abby. It was great to have you.
1: Thanks so much, Jeff. I was really glad to be here.
0: Yeah. And to the listeners out there, check out Playout Apparel. Um, it's really cool what you guys are doing. And we'll see everybody next time on Bold Brands. This is your host, Jeff Merge, signing off on another episode of Bold Brands. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to Bold Brands or share it with someone that you think might enjoy it. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts.